Mac Football Pod. Caleb, how much of Mac Football did you uh, get to watch week one over the course of three days? Uh, do replays count? <laughs> because Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, I guess. Uh, I spent a little bit of time. I, I, I watched the highlights of uh, Central Michigan and Missouri. I watched a little bit of highlights of Ohio, Syracuse. I watched a few drives of Miami, Cincinnati. Uh, that's pretty much it. I'm forgetting something. I don't think so. Uh, NIU? No, I actually didn't get uh, any time in on that either, except for just watching the highlights. Yeah. Well, that sucks, because uh, you missed a good one. You missed a good one. I mean, good as in, like, the outcome, but um, if you weren't, like, trying to carve out time in your day to watch NIU Georgia Tech, I don't blame you. Uh, and it definitely was not going to be the game to, like, stop, you know, everyone from doing whatever they were doing on Saturday. It was definitely just, like, fun to, like, keep up with as it was, like, winding down and whatnot and watching mm-hmm. NIU, like, you know, pull it off, actually, in the last few minutes. But for 60 minutes, man, Georgia Tech is so bad. They lost to a team with 88 freshmen. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, uh, like, some... like, I'm happy for you NIU. I really am. Man, <laughs> Georgia like Tech is third, ass. Like some third-year freshmen. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, and I couldn't help but, like, what com- what, what is most – unique to this in my eyes uh brought it up with our our friend our group of friends who are the mac football aficionados the hammock was pretty clear or pretty clear in how confident he felt about the idea of going 22 personnel against georgia tech so two backs two tight ends and just saying like try and stop us we're gonna put our guys against your guys and so part of that like you know you you typically they're he was, he was talking about they're, they're typically like 11 personnel, like one running back, uh, like one guy in the backfield and uh, one tight end. Uh, that could have been – tight ends would have been very often Miles Joyner, who's new to the roster this year, and Liam Sorgan, who's a mammoth of a freaking dude. Uh, might have, Honestly, I part of me wondered if, if he'd moved to offensive tackle at one point because he's like 6'7", 280 or something like that, 270-something. But, uh, you know, they they – have pretty decent size up front and did I mean they didn't dominate but Harrison Whaley was Mac West offensive player of the week 140 plus rushing yards and, no I like the way he played for sure yeah yeah no, he, he played a really good game it looked like he bulked up a little bit this offseason yeah and he and he probably needed to a little bit and definitely needed it, to. Yeah. the uh this is this is being recorded on a Tuesday evening uh, the depth chart is already out for yeah, and they stop. They're not doing the depth chart nonsense this week about the ors or not releasing a depth chart or whatever, um, which is what Georgia Tech and NIU did in turn this week, which was very silly. Uh, but now we know that uh, Jevion Ducker, Ducker is the backup this week for Harrison Whaley. It's not Aaron Collins. Uh, it's not any of the other litany of backs in the backfield. And so while Clint Rakovich did have a receiving touchdown. I think it seems pretty obvious, which is kind of what I expected from the beginning. He's not going to tote the rock a lot out of the backfield. Uh, Whaley got a really large share of the carries, what, in the 30 range, I want to say. Uh, you know, got stonewalled a decent bit, but, you know, they were really committed to the run, and a couple of them paid off in that time. And then 
So we'll see it spread out a little bit more as they get to Mac play and uh, as they play teams that can hand around. They want they just want to see more touches from other guys. But all around, you know, they swept the Mac West Weekly Awards. Lance DeVoe is a Defensive Player of the Week and uh, Matt Ferentz is Special Teams Player of the Week on the West side. And, you know, lots of like about going on the road and winning an ACC game and adding to the Boneyard total. So, uh, oh, I knew you were yeah. gonna say it. Oh, yeah, you were gonna you were gonna cave in and call it the boneyard stuff. I mean, it is it is what it is. Like they they, they love that crap. They <laughs> love that, that 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 phrase, and I can't really blame them. I mean, you're giving a specific name to something that you claim to do better than any other team in the MAC. So I don't have a. I mean, maybe you might think it's corny, but no, I don't yeah, really no, that's definitely that's all it is. Yeah. It's just it's incredibly corny. That's and all. And I, it is. It, like, I like I was reading like. The, the official recap from this from NIU and it was like this is the seventeenth all time boneyard victory for the program. I'm like, come on, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Hey, hey, who's it for though? It's it's, it's not I don't for... know. <laughs> I think it's just for themselves. That's no that's exactly what I'm trying to say. It's for it's themselves. Like, like, not even for the recruits at that point. Like, isn't this a cool name that we call these things? Yeah, it's like we we want to we we we're the we're the program who knocks, we're the ones who knock off the Power Five schools. Uh, so, can and they do, them. and they but do. They, they could have come up with something more they, creative, but they beat Bama. They beat Bama. Uh, but I mean, we're still we're looking at an NIU team that I still think it's completely reasonable to have picked. Like I did, I think I picked I picked them last in the West, and yeah, and yeah, while definitely. They, yeah. While while fully understanding, because I, I said this too, like I, it still wouldn't surprise me to see them surpass a few teams, and they're going to win MAC games. I never, at any point, thought they were going to go winless in the MAC. It's just a matter of who are they going to leap over, and really, I think Eastern's the only team they might leap over. So uh, now, who knows? I think Central looked decently well. We, we won't go too far into everybody else yet, and go. We're not going to go game by game. No, but, no, yeah, no. We don't have to do but that. But NIU lot to like from that and uh hopefully we'll see the expanded playbook and more Trayvon Trayvon Rudolph we didn't see him very much this week because they went kind of all in on a uh, blocking receivers and had to have Tyrese Ritchie out there outside of that they were really look like you know ready to just take it right at and through the Georgia Tech defense so they only played with like one receiver split a, a good portion of the game mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's it's really good uh because it it seemingly kind of raises like the competitive floor in the west i don't know if that's how you want to you know if you want to agree with that or not but um you know there were just like varying showings from like the west though like you know you like at the bottom you're like oh man niu just pulled off its 17th boneyard victory of all time and at the very top looking at the defending max champs like god damn how did you guys like get so scared by this fcs team like, Dude, Western, watching, Western that, watching that team, like, Western Illinois was, as far as, like, FCS teams go, as far as, like, you know, I only watch them in week one, right, for the most part. They're okay. They're but not they had good. the one good playmaker. They're not good. Yeah, they had the one receiver who had, like, 12 catches for basically 240 yards and a couple of yeah. touchdowns. He made a He's couple of big plays. <laughs> He's good. He He's made he made a proven <laughs> secondary look very like second tier, which is very concerning. But the thing that it like really like makes me want to like focus on is like okay, it only took one guy 
on a team with a bunch of Joes around him to really make a difference in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he gonna? Is this defense gonna be able to slow down? You know, Western and Toledo when that time when when those games come around. What if Eastern has a like you know a good receiver that comes through Central? We feel pretty good about them. Like yep. I'm, you know, I was kind of waiting for uh, for me to feel like a little bit shaky about Ball State, and I didn't expect this FCS game to be like the thing to make me feel a little bit wobbly on my confidence with Ball State moving forward. But here we are. Yeah. There was there was not like much of a good run game either for the offense. Which yeah, and scary. they didn't have Ty Evans either. Um, he was it seems like he was scratched late. I don't know what the situation is there. I think he was hurt, but I don't remember seeing for sure. Uh, so we saw a good dosage of uh, Will Jones in the backfield for the Cardinals. So still, you know, Justin Hall got his touchdown catch. Drew Plitt threw the ball around a little bit. They did a lot of what you know allows them to win, but. Just that much yardage. I mean, I feel like Ball State always is susceptible to that, even with the types of guys they have on the defensive side of the ball. They do tend to give up big plays and yards and big chunks, and it's just a matter of making plays and limiting scoring chances that they got better at toward the end of last year. So the fact that they're doing that Western is doing it is still not a good sign that Western Illinois is doing that. But yeah, uh, you know, you're going to take your lumps, and maybe they got to figure out where they're at defensively still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and they missed, like, some chances on offense, too. Like, Plitt didn't look great. He missed wide-open throws. Not all of them, but he missed a few that he should have had. Uh, Justin Hall looked incredible. No, no, he's probably going to be the MVP this year. Not even worried about that. Yeah. Um, good to see that freshman, uh, what's his name, Carson Steele. He had a couple nice runs, but, uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're just missing some gas. Um yeah, that's really that's really all I have to say about Ball State. I mean, just you guys got to sharpen up on defense for sure, though. Yeah, I mean they, I think it was yeah eight point five yards per attempt through the air for for Western, which isn't like a, isn't world beating material, but like <laughs> they shouldn't be throwing the ball around with such no, ease no. against a team that just won the conference championship. And you know they had fourteen passing first downs through the air. I don't know how much of that was late in the game with them playing a little bit from behind, but it's, it's just, I don't know. They, they controlled possession throughout much of the second quarter. So that explains why they were up there. It was a seven, seven game at halftime. So they did kind of what they needed to do to stay in the game. So uh, if you're ball state, you're kind of just like, all right, we've got some crap to work on. <laughs> we're going to look at this film and be like, all right, are you really satisfied with this type of effort when you're, when you know, every team's coming after you going forward, they're like, everybody wants to knock off the top dogs. And if that's the type of effort we're cap- we're gonna give each week, like we're in trouble. Yeah, so we gotta fix sure. that. Yeah, and because like I was like super, I felt really good about them coming into the year too. So it's just, I don't know. I'm I'm just a little rattled by that. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. It's hard, it was really hard for me to like care too much about a lot of these outcomes because mm-hmm. I am trying, like I always try my best to not overreact at all to week ones. Uh, wasn't expecting let's say i wasn't expecting buffalo to put up 69 against wagner nice but i was expecting buffalo to just like smack the shit out of wagner and win comfortably because uh you know even if like the new coaching change i mean you've heard me say like a hundred times you know kind of forced them to like speed up the planning process uh i mean they, they they still lined up and were better athletes so hopefully like buffalo just you know keeps 
winning by talent, but I don't know if I I don't know if like the the troubles that I expect them to have are gonna like arise, you know. Um, but I I liked what I saw out of them, you know, pretty good depth so far, especially at running back. I think like four guys yeah. scored rushing touchdowns or something like that. A lot of guys had some uh, success. I think um, four guys had at least fifty yards. Yeah, they had a fullback and, uh, touchdown too. Yeah. Um. So you know carried the ball consistently well and had a bunch of different guys get catches. I think it was like eight or nine guys fall in receptions. Keon Williams alert, former Eastern Michigan Eagle receiver, mm-hmm. led Buffalo in receiving, five catches, 96 yards. So some good, you know, encouraging early results in some of those spots, but I'm sure you're still looking for yeah. number number twos and number threes and number four receivers who's going to contribute in what ways. And uh, Van Trees made it look easy. Not really a surprise given what he had to work with against Wagner. So, uh, Jury's still out. Don't really know what to think about Buffalo other than, you know, they whooped up on a team they should have. Are you, like, any more or less, like, uh, convinced, like, one way or another about, like, a team's, like, preseason odds at winning the East title? Like, because it's kind of, like, I do not want to, like, overreact to week one, but I do want to, like, take some key points away, right? Like, Buffalo, they're passionate, and, you know, they're, they didn't lie down, right? So they're okay for now. Um, potential for them to go up. Miami, potential for them to go way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio, didn't score an offensive touchdown at home. A little bit concerning. Kent State, kind of hard to read in Texas A&M. Because, yeah, like, Kent, they, didn't score, Kent... they didn't score, but, like, they have, you know, uh, they're trying to be, like, the flash-fast offense with, like, a bunch of receivers making plays. But they're receivers that have to come into Kent State and develop going up against one of the best, like, blue chip secondaries in the country so what else were you expecting yeah they've got i mean Kent, texas a&m is going to have one of the best defenses in college football top five this year and whether dustin crumb is an nfl prospect is one thing you have to have guys who are going to get off the ball and get open and yeah. good luck yeah. doing that i mean you look at like xavier williams got involved in there and and you know is an experienced player who was probably their most productive player on the day. I think, yeah, 73 rushing yards, and nobody else even had 30 receiving yards. So, like, got new faces that you were hoping would do something for Kent really didn't produce in any big way, and it's not. It's kind of unreasonable to have expected them to do much more. Like, obviously you're hoping, like, at some point you'd pick up some big plays and take advantage of something that you saw schematically, and uh, they never really appeared to do that. So yeah. maybe, maybe there's a big run I throw I'm not familiar with, but, like, no Kent State receiver had more than 24 I mean, yards. Here's yeah. the thing, like, if, you know, uh, okay, uh, go back in the time machine. Hey, it's a week ago. We're getting ready for week one. Oh, what's going to – what would really help Kent State in a game like this? Hey, you know what would really help Kent State's offense if they're always getting on the field because they get six turnovers? If they got six turnovers in this game, I think Kent State would be feeling pretty good. Well, they did. They did get six turnovers in this game, and they put up ten. So that's the reality of the situation, everybody. Oh my god, I didn't even, I missed that entirely. I yeah. did not know that. I did not yeah, know that they, happened. Yeah, they had six turnovers. That's a huge underscore in this one. <laughs> All right. Elvis Haynes had Heinz had two uh interceptions, huh? Okay. All right. Yeah, All one right. was a tip drill, one was a clean interception. That those highlights I did not see. So me look taking a look at that right now, it's like, okay, well, I think you can probably still be encouraged by that aspect of it because it's not like Kent State was known for creating a bunch of turnovers or anything. So, and if you're already a defense that has its own issues, yeah, well, you'll be encouraged by 
turning anybody over six times, let alone an SEC team. They didn't put up 60 on us. Yay, no burgers yeah. for them. Oh, you wanted to talk about Missouri Central a little bit, didn't you? A little bit. It's it's more just it's it's one of the other results we've got on the schedule that actually it's it's just a reminder that like Central is built in a way that allows them to face Power Five competition and still mm-hmm. do really well. And I think it's a lot of the things they did throwing the ball through the air. Jacob Sermon was the guy and had some success with uh, Jacory Sullivan and uh, Pimpleton made a few plays. I think Sullivan was the main guy this time around and yeah. they ran they ran the ball well. Lou Nichols had a really couple really good runs. And uh, run-wise, I saw some really good things on the film from it. Uh, they also broke off a long run from Darius Bracey as well. So, you know, some explosive plays in an SEC team's house. And you would, I would otherwise worry about the fact that Sermon was sacked like eight times. But yeah. he's ne- he's ne- I, I would venture to say he's never going to get sacked eight times in a MAC game this year because Central's line is too consistent, too well coached. So... The fact that things could have gone much worse for Central in some respects, but they still have very measurable aspects of, of success from this Missouri game is kind of how I'm looking at it. Like I'm, I'm like kind of excited that they showed some of these things that they did mm-hmm. uh, against Missouri. So it's like they did look like a team that was capable of winning a championship because they played poorly in some aspects of the game and still uh, kept it close on the road late against a decent SEC team, so yeah, and uh, like I'm, Nich- I'm, I'm like encouraged. Yeah, and like Lou Nichols had you know 135 rushing yards. That shows that the O line was still able to get some sort of push up front. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. So like, there's a lot to still be desired from Central, but you know, all things considered, they they did do well. And yeah, like you said it right there, like Sermon getting put on his ass almost ten times. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> good <laughs> good luck, man. <laughs> good luck. That is. That's not easy. But he got up. He kept getting up. I'll give him credit where it's due. So, I mean, the only other thing, like, you know, Missouri's throwing the ball around a little bit. Some dip, some uh, defensive backs made some plays. McNary, Reed had pass breakups. Troy Brown had pass break, eight, eight tackles. Like, uh, tackles for loss. Like, Thomas Incum had, like, three tackles for a loss. Like, guys made plays. They had a lot of aspects of the game where they were doing really good things against a decent team. So, uh I'm like I'm more encouraged by a ten point loss for them than than I would than I am by like a lot of the other Mac results I saw this weekend. Uh, four games next week of Maction at the Big Ten, Miami at Minnesota, Ball State at Penn State, Buffalo at Nebraska, Eastern at Wisconsin. What's the record? What's the record going to be? Uh. <sighs> I would have to pick against somebody I've already in my pick them not picked <laughs> for anybody to win. I think I picked all of those. I think I, I went chalk with all of the Big Ten teams winning. Really? But, but would not surprise me at all, really, to see Buffalo knock off Nebraska. Yeah, that'd be the first one I would pick. And I think if it happens, it's going to be like 17 to 13 or something in uh, – Scott Frost gets fired out of a cannon immediately at the end of the football game. <laughs> Dude, Eastern at Wisconsin's actually a little bit enticing. Well, the way that Wisconsin, Wisconsin. No, listen, listen, listen. So Wisconsin ran like 95 offensive plays yeah. last week. 
and didn't and only scored one offensive touchdown, At which home. is insane. At home. This is such a far cry from like what we were expecting after uh, the start of last year. I don't remember who Wisconsin played, but like the first game of the season, they had a, they their young core. I, again, I'm forgetting. Mertz. Uh, was it Hertz? Graham Mertz is a Mertz. quarterback. Star. Yeah, no, he was a he looked like a world beater um, week one, and it's like holy crap, this is the offense, the passing off Wisconsin we've long hoped we could see, and then they were garbage the rest of the like year offensively and at least comparatively, and so. Yeah, I mean, it's not also not far-fetched, I think, to think that Eastern could just sneak up on them and make it really ugly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, they have a lot to figure out, and Eastern's on the way, and also they beat, like, you know, uh, three... Uh, well, does Illinois count? I'm No, it doesn't really count. Uh, they have, like, expansion-level Big Ten wins coming into this game. They beat Illinois, too. Uh, they're 3-0 against Big Ten teams. Come on, Wisconsin! We're, we're going to change that big old W into a big old L. That's yeah, right. I, I said it. Yeah, I think if we're talking Mac, I, I think I really do think Buffalo is the only team that has stands a decent chance this week, but things have gotten weirder. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last thing, last thing, and we're, we're going to get out of here, Caleb. You and I play each other this week in fantasy. Oh, buddy. Good thing I've totally checked my lineup and definitely know who's in my lineup. Uh-huh. <laughs> you should know. I mean, you drafted, like, the whole team by yourself yeah well i are we supposed to do we choose starters i honestly haven't paid any attention yeah i didn't i didn't this week <laughs> uh i think you're i think you were good for week one okay i had that same feeling and i was like wait i didn't select a lineup but it was already good mm-hmm. i think Fitz already auto filled it for us but you and i are in week two yeah who's uh who's gonna be your most helpful candidate to to beat me to beat the turbo team turbo team um who does central michigan play this week uh robert morris yeah that's the jacob sermon and, and jacory sullivan probably <laughs> damn it that's right <laughs> props to you for getting uh, jacory sullivan because uh yeah the missouri game was pretty good for him yeah it was really good um and it was a nice start to the season i think i i think i still lost uh this week because I didn't pay any attention to my lineup. <laughs> this is always what happens with fantasy. I'm like, uh, uh, I guess it sounds fun. And then I like don't pay any attention at all. I had the low score win of the week. That was great. Gross. Do we call that like a what's a what's a low score win of the week? Do we call that like a like a Purdue Iowa or what? Like what is that? El Asico. Iowa, Iowa State. Fuck you and I, Iowa. Steve. And boom goes the dynamite.